Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Not A 10 podcast with Mary Griffin. I have a dear friend on the pod today, Andrew Weber. He is a senior on the men's soccer team at Virginia Tech, and he's also a major in computer science engineering, so he really puts this student in athlete. Um, I mean, Weber is literally like one of my closest friends on the soccer team. We have lots of fun. Um, and he brings really, really good energy. His story of getting to tech is absolutely incredible. And I'm just so excited to hear more from him. And I, I know you guys are going to enjoy this episode. So Weber, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks so much, Mary G. Excited to be here. Yes. So excited. It's going to be awesome. So I haven't recorded a podcast in a while and I think I just start with some warm up questions. They're fun, carefree, you know, no pressure on them. So <laughs> Just to get started, um, if you could compare yourself to any animal, what would it be and why? It's a good question. Um, I always think back to when I was a younger soccer player. One of my coaches always said we should, I should play like a badger because I'm like I'm not the biggest guy, and badgers aren't always the biggest, but they always fight. Like they always fight to the very end. Um, so yeah, and. Plus, like the Wisconsin Badgers, where I'm from, from I'm, I'm I'm really big fans of them. So I'll I'll go with the Badger. I love that. I think <laughs> I think those animals are really like underrated. Like they're actually feisty and kind of yeah. aggressive, and people don't know <laughs> that, but they really are. Um, I love it. All right, and next one. If you could pick a song that played every single time you walked into a room, what song would it be? Yeah, I um. I wonder, I think, I think what I would go with, I mean, obviously any song will get annoying if it's every room you go into. Um, but I think I'm going to go with like the Sunday night football theme oh, song. Anthem. Okay. The theme yeah. song. That's a good yeah. one. That one wouldn't get too annoying, I guess, cause it's a jingle. So yeah, that's good. That's <laughs> exactly. a good answer. Yeah. Um, and then last warm up question, what would be your last meal? Oh, last meal. I'm going to have to go with my grandma's rice meatballs. They're so good. She makes them like usually like the night before Thanksgiving. She'll make rice meatballs and yeah, like oh, with spaghetti, it. obviously. Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. I love that. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm feeling warm. Are you feeling warm? I think we're feeling ready. Warmed to up. Warmed <laughs> awesome. Up. Okay. So let's just get right into it. Um, so you grew up playing soccer. You're not actually from Virginia. Um, so just give us a little bit of background on playing sports growing up, where you're from, everything like that. Yeah. So, um, I grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, and that's just kind of where my dad's from and all his family's there. So, uh, I was there till about like, uh, third grade, I think is when I moved to Virginia. Um, so playing sports up there, it was, it was kind of different. I'm not really sure why. I guess the East Coast is just a lot more competitive. Um, but yeah, it was a lot more laid back in Wisconsin. I was always like the best player. And then coming to Virginia, like even though I was only 10, 11 years old, like it was super competitive right off the bat. Um, so yeah, there was definitely a bit of a transition there. But yeah, so I've always been like big Wisconsin sports fan um, since growing up there. But yeah, that's and then I lived in Charlottesville, Virginia ever since third grade. 
Yeah. I mean, I like how you stay with your roots. You're still a Wisconsin fan, you know, you <laughs> exactly. can't, you can't deny that. Um, <laughs> so when you made that transition, when you moved to Virginia and you kind of were faced with this harsh reality of like, oh my gosh, there's really good athletes out there. Maybe I'm not the best one. What was kind of that, like that experience? Yeah. I mean, I was still really young. <clears throat> like I was still playing other sports and stuff. So what, it wasn't anything too intense. And obviously I was, I became friends with everybody on my soccer team. So it was still really fun at that time. Like I really didn't feel much pressure. Um, even though kids, I wasn't like the best team, best player on the team anymore. Like it was still just a blast. And I was just, I was, I was having fun with it. Um, but yeah, but it was also exciting too. Cause I knew like, um, I would be playing with, I would be getting better since I'm playing with, with better players too. And my, my, my goal always was to play college soccer. So even at, even at that young of an age, um, right. so I, I knew that would help me. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Like surrounded by some talented people, you only gain more talent yourself. Exactly. Um, so I know you were taking soccer more seriously and there was a year of transition when your team switched from, graduation year to birth year and you got a new coach can you explain what that um, situation was like for you yeah so um, basically like starting on the travel team I always made like the top travel team uh, growing up like I think it started U11 11 through U16 I think was the last year where it was with school year and our school year team was like we, we were good but we were never like top of the league um, so I would always start with them, no problem. Um, kind of didn't really face a whole lot of adversity at that point in my career. Um, so then when we moved to the more competitive age group, I was really excited because obviously I was one of the top players on my team before. And then merging with the younger age group, actually, and they were they were super good already. They had a lot of players, um, two guys that are actually play here as well, Daniel Starr and Kyle Stenzel. They were both in that in that merger um and so then it just became kind of a super team and I was like competing for a spot all of a sudden on my like local club team um which was definitely new um to me so yeah things things didn't go all that well at first um but yeah that that was was definitely a transitional period and but it was exciting because I knew we were gonna win a a whole lot of games because we were really good yeah. And from like the individual aspect, what, what did your like mental health, um, kind of just like your confidence level look like during that change? Yeah. So that was definitely, I took a hit to my confidence because I was working to get into the lineup all that this is U 17. Um, and so I'm going into my junior year of high school. I'd had a lot of excess, uh, success on, uh, Olympic development program, like the state team and the regional team. And I was having a lot of success there, but I couldn't even start on my own club team, like my own Charleston club team. So that was definitely like a big hit to my confidence. Um, and it was definitely like a lot of adversity that I faced and a lot of mental health problems that I faced, um, at that time, um, trying to just get into the starting lineup even though I was having so much success elsewhere, mm-hmm. it was kind of like, like what, what's missing sort of, sort of thing. Um, and then I, I had a back injury that year as well um, that I don't talk about that much, but that was, I mean, as, as you know, like injuries or anything that's 
withholding you from playing your sport can definitely have a big hit on your mental health. Um, so yeah, that was definitely a tough period for me, junior year of high school. Right. How did you stay like kind of focused and tunnel vision on like, it's hard right now, but like, there's still that goal at the end of the tunnel. Like, did you ever want to like stop or um, what was kind of keeping you going through that? Yeah. I'm, well, I'm lucky enough to have such a great s- support system. Um, my family, especially my dad, we just made sure we didn't like stop like talking to the coach, asking why I wasn't starting and, and getting on the coach in, in that aspect. And that I was all, always very persistent in that when something wasn't going my way, I would just find ways to train even more. And I had great coaches that were willing to help me. So like that winter from fall to spring, the fall I hadn't started for my club team. Um, I trained, I definitely trained a lot um, with like, with coaches like Price Thomas and Dion. Um, those were some great role models for me. And I was always able to, like when times were, were tough, I always thought that like training more, even though, even if it does nothing for you, it just, it, it tells you in, in your head that you've trained more than other people. And, and that I feel like is a good way to gain confidence. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you don't think that shooting 50 times on goal, like after practice will make you a better shooter, which it will. But even if you don't think that, like, at least it'll give you confidence. And at least it'll give you the thought that, yeah, I've, I've trained more than my opponents. So, right. Yeah. That's how I always looked at it. Yeah. Like the mental preparation rather than just being only physical. Yeah. I like that. That makes sense. Um, so I want to transition into recruiting. I don't really know how soccer recruiting works. Lacrosse recruiting is very weird. We just got new rules, so it's a little different. Um, talk to us about your recruiting process. Was it easy? Um, were, were, did you face any like difficulties with trying to find the right school for you and trying to figure out that you wanted to go D1 like that was your ultimate goal like so talk to us about your recruiting process yeah so um obviously making like the region ODP team and everything was good I got some looks from that my region ODP coach was actually one of the for he was also a coach at American University so that was one of my first like real contacts with schools um so that was good but then with my club team we we were a really successful team uh we won state cup that u17 year but like like i said i wasn't starting so it was hard to get looked through that way whereas the guys that were starting on that team like daniel star like kyle stenzel um they were getting a lot of looks uh because they were obviously huge role players on that team uh so again, yeah, there was there was low level D one schools I was talking to, and and uh, like high level D three schools, but I I knew I always wanted to go D one and play at the best level I I could because my overall goal was to win, not necessarily to play. I knew like if I wasn't gonna play, that would be fine, um, but I, I wanted to win ultimately. So yeah, there was uh there was definitely. I wasn't getting looks from the big schools like UVA, like Tech, um, until after that summer going into my senior year. Um, I actually went on like a recruiting visit with Daniel and and Kyle and kind of just like tagged along with them almost like, (laughs) and the coaches, like they met with me and they said they're not like ready to give me an offer yet. They haven't seen me play enough, basically. 
Um, but yeah. And I also did a lot of ID camps too growing up. Uh, but those were tough because it's you with like like a hundred other kids. So unless you like really stand out, um, it's tough to gain any exposure that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I definitely, I tried it all trying to get recruited, but I ended up kind of just wiggling my way in with those other two guys on, on my team. Yeah. Thank God for Kyle and Daniel. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the best <laughs> people ever. <laughs> exactly. exactly. That's, that's I mean, that's honestly kind of cool. Like you're just like, you're going to tech. I'm going to come along. Yeah. Let's, let's just check it out. So um, how did you kind of decide on like, what was the conversation like between the Virginia tech coach and you once you like left that, um, where did you guys kind of leave off where you're like, okay, like we're going to come here. Am I going to try out? Like what, what was the plan? Yeah. So those first few visits, they invited all three of us back, um, for another visit. Um, and then there was, there was, there was like an unofficial visit and then an official visit there. I think there was three total. And at the end of the third one, we basically sat down and had a meeting and they said, yeah, look, like we still need to see you play. Um, so I, I was contact, tried to stay in contact with them. Cause at this point I had narrowed in that I was going to go to tech. Like I love the engineering school there. Like I, I loved all the guys on the team and it would be a dream come true if I could play on the team. But ultimately I was like, I think I would probably even go there anyways without soccer. Um, so I applied in December and basically I had a, conversation with Briz after that and he was like yeah like if you apply by yourself and you get into the school by yourself you could definitely come try out in the fall um and we'll see we'll try to we'll try to make a spot for you um so I was like awesome like this is sweet I had a goal in mind I I applied early I knew where I was going before like most of the other kids did in high school even though I hadn't committed yet um but I was definitely ready to like start training and, and get getting ready for those tryouts in the fall. Um, yeah. So that's how that went down. And, and I was able to come in early and train with the guys over summer, like that freshman summer as well. Um, but yeah, and that's how that went. Yeah. So for that um, trying out process for your freshman year fall, um, talk to us about that. Like what was your thought process going into it? Was there that idea in the back of your head? You're like, Oh, like I'm doing all this work and it could be for nothing. So what was your mindset during that? Yeah, honestly, that first, so they brought me in in the summer with all the other freshman guys, Chris, Durst, all those guys. And obviously I loved them right away. And we all became really good friends and we were training every day with Ron in the mornings. Um, and then we would play in the afternoon and I was like, definitely middle of the pack I thought like of the freshman class like I I could definitely hang and play with these guys so that gave me confidence because I and I was there and then like gradually upperclassmen would come in throughout the summer and I still thought I was like middle of the pack like still like hanging in there for sure so that gave me confidence going into tryouts because I was like I know I can play with these guys um there was definitely the factor that I never, I still hadn't played in front of the coaches all summer. So I actually went and um, talked to Dr. Naxtet, uh, the sports psychology and, and was like, like a few weeks before preseason, I was like, I'm nervous that like I'm playing so well right now, but in front of the coaches, I'm going to, I'm going to fall apart. And he took me through some good, like mindfulness stuff, um, which definitely really helped. But yeah, the whole summer I was like, it's going to work out. Like, I think, I, I think I'm going to make it like, and I'm going to love life, but obviously there was the chance that I do get cut, but um, I definitely didn't think it was going to turn out how it did. 
That's for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, tough conversation, but let's talk about, um, <laughs> you go through the trying out process and what happened. Yeah. So it's like the second or third day of preseason. Um, I had already passed like all the fitness tests. So I was, I was good on that because first said I would definitely get cut if I didn't pass the fitness test. So I was like, all right, pass those <laughs> played pretty well. I thought <clears throat> the first two days and it was like at the end of the second day or third day of tryouts, he just pulls all the recruits aside and is like, um, well, he takes us one by one. And he's like, yeah, like, I like what you've seen, but like, we just don't have the roster spots this year. Like, it's just, I, I don't think we can, we can make it happen. And I was like, so shocked. Like I was, I remember cause it was at the end of a practice and he was like, the coaches were like, all right, everyone has gear, like in the, in the locker room, like go get your gear. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like, this is it. I finally made a team. And then he's like, but wait, <laughs> all the walk-ons <clears throat> come see me. So then I was like, Oh gosh. But yeah, that was, that was like, that was definitely a, a heartbreaker. Um, yeah. I don't know why I got my hopes up so much, but I de- the def- the hopes were up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you were putting in the work. I mean, yeah. you're willing to train with Ron over the summer. Ron, <laughs> we both share the same strength and conditioning coach. And if you're willing to train with Ron all summer, every day, you're, you are doing the work. You're dedicated, um, Not yeah. fun, but it's worth it. <laughs> um, sure. So you get cut but it wasn't technically like the end of your journey for the soccer team and for the tryout process. So what was your initial feelings right after being cut? Were you kind of like F this, like I'm done. Like, this is it for me. Like after all that, what a waste of time. Or were you kind of just like, okay, like maybe I can do X, Y, and Z and get back to here. So what was that mindset? Um, like after being cut initially? No, yeah, I was definitely angry and I was like, yeah, I'm done with this. Like, he did mention that I could come back in the spring and try out again, but I wasn't even focused on that. I was like, what the heck? Like I just spent my whole summer in Blacksburg, like trying to, trying to make this team, like getting friends with all the guys on the team. Like that was basically my friend group now. So like when I would go to school, like I knew when I was going to be at school, I was living with all of them in Cochrane and then I couldn't be on the team. So um, yeah, it's just kind of a feeling of isolation. Um, right away just being like yeah I'm done I I think I drove home like literally that day back to Charlottesville um and yeah I was I was devastated for sure like I didn't even want to tell my parents like I remember I didn't I went home without even really telling them like I went um to hang out with one of my friends there and I remember like calling my parents like maybe at like so this happened at like 3 p.m. or something. I called them at like 10 p.m. I was like, yeah, like I'm home. Uh, I didn't make the team. And obviously they were super upset because um, they knew how much I wanted to play on the team. Um, so, yeah, the initial two weeks after I, I was totally like F this. I didn't even think about coming back in the spring. Sure. So where did that um, kind of switch happen where you're like, Okay, like it's kind of like the stages of grief, like you're just pissed off and yeah. then you kind of just start focusing. It takes a different time for everyone. Um, but where was that flip where you're like, I'm going to try to come back and not give up on your dream ever since you were like very little playing soccer? Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I was going a little bit through school and it was, it was tough. Like I missed, I obviously missed the sport a lot. And like all my, all my friends, like my friend group was doing the soccer thing. And so I had some conversations with my dad and I'm like, he's like, look, like it can't hurt to try out again. Like you can stay in shape. Like obviously this time it's not going to be as bad if you get cut again, because you'll know kind of the, the ropes and how, of how it goes. So I was basically like, yeah, all right. So I started playing with the club team again because I knew I wasn't ready to give up soccer. So I played with the club team a little bit. And I, I was actually, I asked the women's soccer coaches if I could be a practice player with them. So that, that was definitely, that was an interesting time too. <laughs> um, so after like those conversations and taking those steps forward, you show up for the spring ready to try out what was that tryout process like yeah so yeah it was fun um yeah so I played all fall I actually ended up not playing with the men's club team anymore I played with the women's team just because I feel like I could maybe get better because they had like real coaches and with tactics and everything so I played with the women's team all fall um and then that that winter I really hit it hard with training. Um, so showing up in the spring, obviously it's nerve wracking. Um, you know how we all get those, uh, like the, the straps that you put the around. sensor straps where yeah. you put the heart ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was always, I never got one of those, like the first summer, everyone got to wear a strap and I don't know, that was something with me. I was like, you're like, I, I need to earn my strap. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Like I was like, I would be so happy like if I could actually just come out here one day and just be able to wear the strap without being the only one not getting to wear one um so that spring I still didn't wear a strap um so yeah just training but again training with the guys I knew I was middle of the pack at least in my mind I always believed like in myself and so did my parents they were really good about that like I always believed I was good enough to play at this level so that was the thing. I was like, if I have a whole spring to show that, like, obviously that spring was rough, like pretty much my whole day, like if it was good or bad, depended on how well I played in practice, which isn't the best thing, but that was kind of like what I had to do in order to like attain the goal that I wanted to attain. Um, and Briz. I, I kept thinking I would figure out at the end of the spring, like if I made the team or not. Um, and then like my final meeting with Briz came and like, he, like it still wasn't sure. Like it still wasn't sure it'd be the middle of the summer and I'll let you know type of thing. And then it kept getting pushed back until it was next fall preseason. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. That would drive me crazy. I'm like, <laughs> am I on it yet? Like, yeah. You made the sensor strap. Like <laughs> I'm over it. Oh my gosh. But you said something really interesting and you said that your days kind of depended how good or bad your day was depended on how your soccer went that day. So what was that kind of like, I know, I feel like as athletes, we put a lot of worth in like our play. Was it really hard to separate yourself from, um, putting all your worth in who you are as a soccer player? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's definitely something I know a lot of students, student athletes struggle with. Um, and that was like, yeah, that was, it was hard, but I, I had the best, like the guys on the team were so great, like hanging out with them. It, it didn't matter. Like if I was wearing a sensor 
the strap or not basically like i was gonna be boys with them no matter what um so that definitely helped uh and then yeah obviously the confidence of being on the team like that gradually went away because i felt like it was a tryout every day that spring um so it was really stressful but it was fun too because i was in shape and i was doing what i love to do so yeah um, yeah yeah like having a good team like at the end of the day, like that's, that's a win. And if you guys are having fun out there, then, I mean, you're enjoying yourself, then why not do it? So exactly. it kept getting pushed back, pushed back and eventually just came to your sophomore year fall. So you're kind of still in this tryout process. What was your mindset like going into um, preseason that year? And also just like, you guys are about to be in season. So what was it like um, during that time? Yeah. So it was like, so that summer I played with a, a like a NPSL team, which is like below it's, it's one of the lower, like it's an amateur league of, of soccer um, in Charlottesville. And I played like pretty well. I started every game for them. So I was, I was feeling really good. I gained a little weight um, going into that season. Um, and so, yeah. And I went into the preseason, like the, obviously a different mentality than the first one. Cause I knew how South things could go. And now it would be even more like this would be two years of work now instead of just one summer um, <laughs> that that felt like it would lead to nothing, maybe. Um, so I just kind of had a confidence going into that that preseason. Um, I think a couple of things op- might have opened up roster spot wise. Um, and yeah, I just I just didn't think about it. And I, I played really well that first preseason. Um, but yeah even in preseason, it was getting pushed back. Like I was never, I never wanted to be like, sure. Like I I still remember, like even we would play like preseason scrimmages and I played in the preseason scrimmage at West Virginia. And like someone in the crowd was like, like one of my friend's parents, I think it was Stenzel's parents were like, so you made the team, right? I was like, still don't know. (laughs) I'm just out here. I don't know if I'm on this team, but oh my gosh. Yeah, so and it, it was going. Um and I I remember like my the my roster picture like went up on the screen for the first time in like this was probably after two preseason scrimmage or something. Like they still hadn't t- told me yes, till I still hadn't told me no. And like I remember somebody like I sent it to one of my friends, my friend sent it to his mom, and so, somehow my mom like saw it on like on the internet my roster picture and she, I remember she called me crying oh my gosh you made the team I'm so proud of you and I'm like I'm like mom like they still haven't told me anything yet <laughs> it's just a picture it's just a yeah picture. it's just a picture like I, I don't know for sure like just you calm down she's like okay <laughs> we're making so then, headway we're making headway. yeah yeah so then either later that day or the next day I like I just straight up asked my coach like is it official that I'm on the team yet? And he wrote back and says it is. So that was like it was over text message. Yeah, it was over you text screenshot. Message. I would have been like screenshot yeah. that and send it to everywhere. I'm like I was. in writing. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yep. Oh my gosh. Official. Wow. I mean, that's literally amazing and so <laughs> exciting to finally like have your hard work pay off. What was kind of like the initial reaction where you're like, oh, like was it like weight off your shoulders? Like you could breathe finally hundred percent. Yeah. I remember I like put my AirPods in and like 
took a lap around campus like it was like a beautiful sunny day like I went up to War Memorial Chapel and I was just like soaking it in like it was definitely like one of the best feelings of my life for sure I love that what was like the team's reaction when you're like guys I did it like were they just so pumped yeah they were excited they were they were like they were so happy for me too they knew how badly I wanted to be on the team and um yeah they were they were they were very very excited (laughs) after all that you did it I mean I I think the coolest part about like this whole situation is that's like okay like I made the team and you could have just been satisfied with that but then if we look back at your entire career since like you officially got on the team like you've had a very very successful career as a team but also individually like I was reading your stats and like you played in every single game your senior year and you started in some and I mean you really just became like a player that an impact player so like talk to us about your career since what was kind of like that mindset you're like okay I made the team what's next yeah well it's cool the yeah the drive of me never stopped like making the team made me want to train even more um, in a sense so I was always improving like in the off season, like I would always look forward to the off season. Cause I knew I could like outwork a lot of the guys that were to be playing over me. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, that first sophomore, like fall, I remember I didn't play hardly at all in the first half of the season. And then as kids got injured, like I actually played in my first game, like on Thompson field, my sophomore year. And that was like a crazy special moment too. Cause I would always like, I always walk by Thompson field and be like, Oh my gosh, I would be, that'd be so sick to play there. Like I want to play there so bad. Like even as a freshman, um, not knowing if it actually come true. Uh, so then when it finally did, I think I played like five games my sophomore year, like kind of coming in towards the end, maybe a little bit more against Wake Forest just because we had a lot of injured guys. Um, but yeah, then gradually each year, like, well, then the next year was COVID year. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Um so I knew like going into COVID year that, I mean, like as bad as it sounds, like a lot of kids were going to be out for COVID and that I might be able to come into and play a little bit more, which ended up actually happening. Um, yeah, that junior year. So that was sophomore year. I played five games. Um, and then, yeah, the following junior year, I trained really hard while everybody was home at COVID uh, or with COVID, whatever. And then, yeah, like the first game junior year, I played like 60 minutes or something, like a lot because we had some guys out with COVID um, and I played really well. And so ever since then, like I sort of gained the coach's trust a little bit. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, that's that's kind of how that, that process works. Yeah. Um, what was kind of like your mindset when opportunities were presented to you? Like if it was COVID injury, um, were you nervous before a big, a game like that? Or you're kind of like, this is my chance. I'm going to take it and run with it. Yeah. I mean, obviously I'm nervous. Um, I, but again, like sometimes like only things I could focus on was like how cool it was to be playing. Like I remember that first game junior year was at Pittsburgh and I'm like, this is like the highest level I've ever played. Like Pitt is obviously a very good team and I just remember being there like under the lights at the turf field I was just like this is so cool to play like I almost don't even care if I play well or not like (laughs) obviously I want to play well but it was still so cool to just be a part of that team and um, 
like as I've been watching them on the bench the whole sophomore year and from the stands freshman year. Um, it was just so cool to be out there with those guys. Yeah. I mean, like gratitude can really shift a mindset and kind of be a really good reminder, just being like, I'm here. Like, that's awesome. And yeah. let's just take it and run with it and just remember what's like really important in life. I, I love that. I think that's a really, really healthy mindset and kind of a perspective that I'm sure none of your teammates could relate to in the sense that they were on the team from the beginning. Um, you didn't, they didn't have to face this devastation. So, I mean, that's a good transition to our closing questions, just overall advice and kind of just more of a mental aspect of getting to um, how like these experiences have shaped you overall. So I think with that, like, do you think this experience has overall been in a positive thing? Like your greatest aspect for your soccer career is that you had to try out two or three times. Yeah, I definitely think it's positive. If anything, it's good for job interviews. <laughs> it's True. Good, good on the paper. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's always a go-to for that. Uh, but yeah, I think it just shows like, especially in sports, like you never can count yourself out. Like there's so many, you, you can do so many things to make your game slightly better in an aspect and if you think like I can't remember playing with like old D1 players when I was in high school and I was like I can play with these guys like if you think you can play with them it's probably because you can like I'm not even like if I were to like I always try to tell kids like yeah like you might watch me play and say he's not that good well I'm probably not that good but I'm coachable and I train hard and I do all the little things right and also staying healthy is, is, is you try to stay healthy and you can work your, your way onto the field. Um, and yeah, like, so just literally you can do anything you put your mind to. Like I remember coming back that first time I got cut and I told, like, I was still in my angry phase of um, grief, like you're saying. Um, and I just looked at my little sister, Caroline, or I didn't, I, I, we were in the car and I was like, Caroline, don't ever try for something like it'll never work out <laughs> or something like that. Oh, you were destroyed. You're like, this yeah, is stemming from destroyed. somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then obviously that turned out to be the most untrue thing. Um, Cause it definitely is true, especially in sports. Like you put your mind to something you can like, you could definitely do it. And that's what, that's what I want people to know Yeah. from as a result of telling the story for sure. Yeah. Love it. Um, <laughs> so I'm sure with the tryout process and also just your recruiting process, um, it was a little different. So I'm sure there was a lot of outside noise and outside factors. So how did you stay so focused and hopeful on your dream, despite all of the commotion that was going on and even people who were doubting you? Yeah. Well, you just get, you, you try to strike yourself with people that don't doubt you so coaches that do believe in you um and you kind of get into a routine like that's how I really did it in those off seasons like it would just be like second nature that I would I would be going to we had this indoor soccer facility that that I would train at and I'd be going there every night and, and working on my touch and working on my shooting passing um and training with these with these coaches because even if it wasn't like I said making me that much better it, I knew it would help my confidence because I knew I had touched the ball a million times over break um so that's how I kind of stay focused I, I get into a routine 
um, and just kind of that that kind of blocks out all the distractions when it's just you training um, with a coach that believes in you and then obviously like the exercise makes you feel good afterwards and all that stuff but yeah that's what I would say for that yeah um and so I feel like your story can be relatable not even just in like a student athlete world it can be anyone can relate in terms of you try you uh, interviewed for a job you got turned down you try again you got turned down so what piece of advice would you give to someone who's looking to rise again and again after being knocked down a few times yeah you just you you really have to believe in yourself and obviously people say that all the time but there's one saying like if you don't believe in yourself who will kind of thing like you have to you have to believe in yourself that you can do it um which you can and there's there's countless stories of people overcoming extreme adversity and, and rising out on top. And like, why can't that be you? Why can't you work at Google? Like if you really want to work at Google, obviously it's an extremely difficult job to get, but if you put your mind to it, I, like I truly believe that anyone can do that. Um, and that's just a great, that's a, that's a, that's a great uh, thing. And I hope that that's what people take from this story at least. Yeah. Like why not me? Like, I love that. Exactly. I think that's such a great mindset to have. Um, this is very a generalized question, but I, a lot of the listeners on this pod are student athletes. So what advice would you want to give to someone who wants to be a student athlete themselves? Yeah, like just same thing. Keep keep pushing like you opportunities will come. Um, and it's not like <clears throat> I always kind of laughed at, at the one song everyone loves from uh, Eminem. It's like you got one shot. Yeah. One opportunity. Yeah. One opportunity. (laughs) Like that, that's true in a sense, but there's, there's always going to be more, like, don't be like worried on like, if some coach is coming to watch you play, like, don't be like shaking there. Like, this is my last chance to like prove to this coach. Like if you, like, obviously with me, there were, there were times where like, I remember Briz came to one of my games and like, I was obviously really nervous. I played fine but that ended up, excuse me, that ended up not being enough to make the team, obviously, but like, I just kept showing up and I kept sneaking onto recruiting business pretty much. Like I just did everything in my power that would give me more and more chances to get onto the team. Like it's not always just one opportunity. So don't, so don't ever think that if you, if you want something, you, you can, you can get it. For sure. Yeah. We totally just disproved Eminem yeah <laughs> history has been made yes. <laughs> Eminem is <Mark> incorrect <laughs> love that exactly um okay, and the final question and someone I, something I asked like a lot of my guests is what is something you are currently working on right now to better yourself in or at yeah so right now I mean obviously with finals and everything stuff gets pretty busy but an overall goal of mine as of late is <clears throat> luckily at tech as student athletes were provided with a call map subscription. So I would definitely like, I've been, I've been working on meditating um, and really controlling my emotions. I think it just makes like my relationships so much better, like with my friends, with family, um, just being able to really con- like have self-control and, and, and realize and for performance as well, it's huge because you stop being afraid of like, like obviously that thought will come across your head like oh what if I miss a penalty kick this game 
And then I would always used to get scared, like, oh, why would I even think that? Like, don't think that. Whereas meditation really teaches you to be like, okay, that was just a thought. Like, it's not, it's not you. That's like a thought. It's just, don't be scared of a thought, <laughs> basically. Yeah. So to come down to, and that really helps me stay calm um, in all kinds of situ- situations. Um, so yeah, that's, that's one way I'm trying to better myself. Right now. I am so impressed by that Weber <laughs> practicing <laughs> mindfulness, using the calm app, every student <laughs> athlete at tech, you better be using it too. I <laughs> yeah. use it to sleep. I think that that's nice too. Oh, yeah, um, sure. I love it. So that is awesome. Um, that is all the questions I have for you. Um, you killed it, everyone. I know you gained some insight, some wisdom from Weber's story. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. It's one filled with grit, determination, and kind of just like a really awesome mindset of gratitude. I think that's something that a lot of listeners can take away from that is not, not giving up, but also once you get to that, let's be grateful and let's push and strive for more. So I love that Weber. I mean, you killed it and I hope you had so much fun on the pod. Yeah, I had a blast. Thanks so much for setting this up, Mary Jean. Oh, of course. You can come on anytime. You can come on anytime you want. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and just have a great rest of your day. Thank you.